Today, I'm sitting down with Dan Titus from Yahoo and Roto World, uh, and we are going to be talking about some player ranks, some ADPs, and the launch overnight of the Yahoo mock drafts, uh, the mock lobby, and their X ranks. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. Uh, I'm Adam King. Find me on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it, at Adam King91. Find my guest, Dan Titus, at Dan Titus on Twitter. Dan, thanks for making the time to jump on. This was this all happened pretty quick, so appreciate uh, appreciate the effort. No doubt, my man. Um, thank you for having me. And it's Friday, so I'm happy to talk hoops any day of the week. And football season is about to start, so I think people are going to get distracted from fantasy hoops. But as you said at the top, um, the Yahoo game just opened up. So, hey, man, it's never too early to start drafting. So uh, I'm sure we'll get in some fun mocks over the course of the next couple of months here as we start gearing up for the start of the season. We will. And, uh, Sarah, you you actually made it down to Vegas for Summer League. Um you met up with Josh, uh, Josh Lloyd there. So, and I'm, I'm assuming some other, other pretty cool people. Um, how was your experience down there? Had you been, had you been there before? So I've been before as a spectator, you know, didn't have any credentials or anything like that. So this experience was like completely different. Um, and I, I talked to Josh, I saw him pretty early. Like as I was walking, I was like, Hey, that's a pretty tall Australian looking guy. I think that's him. <laughs> um, kind of hard to miss. Um, uh, cause I was surprised how actually how tall he was. Um, but he was the he was so cool, man. And he kind of took me under his wing because I know he'd been there like five times over. And, you know, he knew a lot of the beat writers and just kind of how to navigate Thomas and Max Center. Um, so it was really cool just walking around and and seeing the the engagement with not only the players, but the media side and then seeing the fan reaction. And let me tell you, man, like Josh is international. Like, it's crazy how there's this one couple of guys I heard screaming for him like, Lloyd, Lloyd. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you got like fanboys now. That's that's tight. You you've made it. So um, yeah, the whole week was was uh the whole weekend was awesome, and um, got to talk to a couple of players. Um, I'd say most notable was Trey Murphy. Um, he mm. shared with me that he's really trying to work on his ability to get to the room and get and get more free throw opportunities, which I think from a fantasy perspective is exactly what you want to hear. Um, coming off of you know a season finishing in the top fifty in per game value. So um, yeah, just a lot of interesting conversations and just uh, really immersed in the experience of just getting to see the Wemby and, and Scoot Henderson hype. Like that was really cool. So definitely recommend going and hopefully I'll see you there uh, in a matter of time. Um, hope you guys can both make a trip out there so we can uh, catch up in real life. Yeah. Look, it's, uh, I think our plan is to get there in 2020. What are we now? 23, probably 2025 potentially. Okay. So, so two years, which I think is going to be the, um, the flag draft now, isn't it? Because he's, yeah, he just yeah. he's just uh, reclassified, right? Yeah. So so that'll be pretty cool. Um, I've been yeah, I've been once a few years ago. Uh, I was there for the Zion uh, summer league, so that was Ooh, the earthquake. That was pretty cool. The earthquake, <laughs> yeah. So we were there for that. Um, the yeah, the Wemby one would have been. I mean, watching it on TV for for that first Wemby game, basically the camera was just on him the whole time, right. uh, showing him showing how tall he was in that 
in the walkway where they come in. He Dude, just... it's insane. I have a picture yeah. of him just like hanging there, like just bored, like just with his arms rested on it. I'm like, dude, this yeah. guy is. And I saw Taco fall too, and like that's a huge man. But like looking at Wemby, I'm like, dude, how, where did this alien come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be very. He's gonna be fun to watch. Um, yeah. So as I as I said at the at the top there, Yahoo launched their uh, mock draft lobby overnight with their X ranks. Um, the, the ranks have, have sort of copped a little bit of criticism over the last few years. They're pretty wacky. There's players that fall way down, um, players out of position. This year actually looks pretty decent, so it's good. It's it's it actually it's going to give a better reflection of, of ADPs and where people are going. Um, now, I have pulled up all of them. And, and for me, I mean, going through the top sort of, I don't know, top 90, I think it's pretty much bang on. I mean, you can shuffle some guys around. You can make a case for this guy over this guy. A um, few guys down towards the bottom that um, you sort of mentioned, maybe they just got skipped or there's some, the rookies are all way down. I know Scoot yeah. is down at about 600. Um, <laughs> and, and there's sort of a bunch of rookies down there. So I guess that's just the way the data has, has come across. But, um, yeah, I thought like this, a little bit of a plug here, we can – you can – talk about the the yahoo mock drafts and um and the player ranks so any thoughts on those i mean as i said they're much better yeah i i think this year we got an earlier start in terms of at least on my end contributing my rankings early enough i didn't start with yahoo last year until like late september so you know my first version of mocks that are kind of or my first version of ranks that are integrated within the x ranks um didn't really come until late in the game so i think much of that value was probably gone by the time I got in into the into the fold, but um, I think that we, now that we started very early this year, we have a collection of other rankings that are kind of integrated that make up that that X rank. And you know, because it's so early, training camps haven't started yet. Depth charts are still being figured out. There's still a, a handful of free agents out there. Um, some of those rankings still may be a little bit wonky, but I think you'll start to see it get a little bit sharper as we start to uh, head into training camp, and uh, certainly as the season's approaching. So. Um, I think I saw a couple of players. You mentioned Scoot Henderson's down the 600s. I would expect a lot of the rookies, out, except for Victor Webb and Yama, to be, um, you know, probably on the lower end of the rankings. And then you'll have some values like Dalen Duran, um, who's up in the somewhere in the 200s, where he would be much higher, especially based off of the way he's been playing um, or way he played at that USA Select team. Yeah, so there's, there's a few in here. Uh, one of them is actually one of the guys that I'm pretty high on. And God, if he was available at this spot, um, I'll talk about it when, when he comes up in my list. Uh, but yeah, I've got like, oh, actually, I better check on my list who I've got. Because yeah, no, so the, another one is um, uh, Zach Collins is down at 197. Guarantee yeah, that's that's go. that's disrespectful because he's going to be getting a lot of minutes in that front court there. He will. Um, uh, who else have we got down there? I mean, you'd look at it and go, oh, no, too low for RJ Barrett. It's probably not. He's 236. That's about right. So he's a guy that uh, I think he's been playing well for Team Canada, and he's got, he's improved, like not from a fantasy perspective, but I feel like at some point he's got to figure it out, at least to be a top 100 player. So he's a player that usually I rank outside the top 200, but I think I'm going to put him in at least the 150 range this year. Okay. I think we're going to see him get a little bit better this year, at least from an efficiency and – and contributing in other categories, which he usually doesn't do. Yeah, and that's what he needs to do. He just needs yeah. to do more. Uh, Obi Toppin down at 241. He'll go higher than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I saw was. last night, I think Jairus Walker was actually ahead of Obi Toppin, which I was like, eh, I don't know if the rookie's going to just jump yeah. uh, the the the, the, uh, 
the Obi Toppins of the world. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Obi probably goes up into the uh, you know mid one one hundreds somewhere in that range. Yeah. Anyway, there's a couple. There's a couple there. We'll we'll get into what we actually came here to talk about, and then we can I can jump back in and and reference those if I need to. So let me bring up the shared screen there. So you sent me a few names. So both of yourself and and myself, we've we've both released our own player ranks. Um, I mean, they're, they're somewhat similar. Um, the, the first guy that you're going to talk about, we have exactly the same uh, in exactly the same spot. So you just sent me through four guys that you're pretty high on this season. Uh, first one you've got there is uh, you have him ranked at number four is is Jason Tatum. I also have him ranked at number four. Uh, what are your reasonings there? Because he, he's obviously never finished this high uh, per game right. in his career. Um, we've got guys like Shea, uh, Halliburton sort of getting hyped up into that top five range. Um, what are your reasons for having Tatum there at number four? Yeah, I think he's going to be uh, having Derek White as the starting point guard, I think is going to be great for his efficiency as well as his opportunities to be more of a playmaker. Now that Marcus Smart is no longer there, um, one of the ways that I think Tatum's going to increase his value is getting more assists. And he's going to have the ball in his hands more, mainly because Derek White is such a dynamic off-ball combo guard. Um he was one of the most efficient shooters on the wing for the Boston Celtics last year. Um, the second most assists that uh, Jason Tatum generated went to Derek White last year. Um, and then on the flip side, Derek White had most of his assists go to Jason Tatum. So they obviously have a very strong rapport that I think is going to make Jason Tatum get even better um, this season. He's improved in his points, rebounds, and assists every single year since he's been in the league. He shot a career best from um, E field goal percentage. So I just think that there's a lot of room for um, him to kind of raise that ceiling a little bit. Now that he's going to have more opportunities to thrive with the ball in his hands as a playmaker. Um, maybe that, maybe he doesn't score 30 points per game, but I think we're going to see those rebounds go up. Uh, he could get to close to that nine range, um, especially with rumors of Porzingis maybe being hurt already. And we know, he was able to stay healthy last year, but can he make it for a full season? Robert Williams, same thing. Al Horford's old. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity, and it's going to be a contract year for him. He's going to get that super max. So um, there's a lot of things going in Tatum's favor that I would put him over Shea Gildas-Alexander, who's going to have more competition um, with Chet Holmgren coming back and and Jalen Williams taking a kind of a leap in his second season. Um, and then the only other person that I think you could probably put into contention with that would be um yeah Tyrese Halliburton's certainly there um I just like Jason Tatum a little bit more yeah I've got him I mean I agree with all of that another reason is just the situation they're in like I think with the money they've paid to um Jalen Green uh sorry Jalen Brown uh Chris Stapps is there like I think their window is now they they, if they want to win they want to win now uh Tatum is durable he, he usually, I mean, obviously you can't project injuries, but he's usually durable. They're going to want to win. They're probably going to want to finish top of the East. Like, I just think they're going to be pushing really hard this year. And and as you said, I think he's going to take on a little bit more of a facilitation role uh, with Smart Gorn. So, yeah, I just think he's at, at number four there. Possibly maybe he finishes like at, at number six per game, but if he plays 75 games... Right. Uh, he, he'll be like a top three guy, you'd think. So, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable taking him at number four. Would you take him any higher than four? 
Like, would you bump down like an Embiid or a Luca for for Tatum? Uh, I'd probably consider it. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, Jokic is number one. I think yep. there's going to be no arguments there. Uh, I think I have, I'm not sure if I have Luca at two or Embiid at two. I'd, I'd probably, I want to see what happens in Philly first with Harden and, and see what their roster looks like. Um, Luca looks really good. Um, in playing in Euro basket or whatever it's called that he's playing over there, getting ready for the World Cup, he looks he looks fit, uh, he, he looks healthy. Um, so I really like Luca. So I, if I had to move him ahead of one player, it'd probably be Embiid. I'm I'm still not sold on Embiid's health. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'd consider it, but I, I think he's very safe inside the top five. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting that Embiid finally admits now he's like, oh, I want to come into the season in the best shape of my life. It's like, bro, what was you doing before that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you yeah. need to make that declaration now? Like, come on, man. Like, I, I and I kind of feel you on the, I think Embiid's ADP is something that's going to fluctuate depending on whatever happens with Harden. Sounds like he still hasn't smoothed it over with Daryl Morey yet. <laughs> still wants to be traded. But like, I don't, the Clippers aren't offering us a, a substantial enough package for, for Maury to want to trade him. So I don't know. Um, so are you can, so assuming James Harden gets traded, would you devalue and beat at that point? Or would you even, would you feel more comfortable with him, you know, as a second, third pick? Uh, I think it would depend who came back. I think yeah. if, if the sixes are sort of built like they're built now and they're pushing and, and this is it, we need to win. I'd probably lean into and beat a little bit more, but if they lose Harden and they just get some picks back and they're not, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're probably not going to win. Uh, maybe then Embiid only plays 65 games or something, yeah. which, I mean, isn't terrible, but it's not 75 like like we're expecting from Tatum, Jokic, Luka maybe. Um, you've got Booker at 15. Uh, probably probably a little bit higher than I've got him, I would say. Um, not, not by a lot, but um, I guess the question, like people say, well, Bradley Beal's there now. How how is Booker going to get better? I think I know what you're going to say, but why have you got why have you got Booker up there at 15? Yeah, we're we're not too far apart. I think you have him at 21 right now. Um, and I actually had Booker as high as 13 in my very first my in my very first rankings, but I, I moved him back slightly after the news that came out that Bradley Beal is probably going to be playing more point guard. But that doesn't really scare me off. Like I from what we saw in the playoffs of him averaging seven and almost seven and a half assists. Um, I mean, just absolutely unconscious and sure that's going to regress. Like he's not going to average 34 points per game. Um, but just the lack of depth on the sun's team and his ability to now take over as the point guard. Um, either there's just way too way too much upside available for him. Like he's going to become that next dude. Um, he is among the top shooting guards in the league. Now that Chris Paul's out of the way, um, I think we'll start to see how dynamic this guy can be really with the ball in his hands, not only from a shot creation standpoint, um, but I think there's also some opportunity for him to get better defensively um, in the playoffs. He averaged um, what he average uh, 1.7 steals in the playoffs. I think that could probably normalize to around a 1.2, 1.3. Um, and with some efficient peripherals, you're looking at a top 20 player. Um I'm just banking on him taking that next leap, you know, to become a 27, 28 point score along with seven, call it six and a half, seven assists, 
with the rebounds that are already going to be there at four or five per game. Um, to me, that's going to be a top 15 player. So um, that's why I have him ranked there. Might be a little bit aggressive, but I think we also can the, – the, the lack of trust in Durant's health and Beal's health, to me, signals that, you know, if those guys get hurt, this guy's going to be, you know, a top 12 easy first-round value. Yeah, sorry, that's my cat deciding to climb up his scratching pole. Um, my whole family's just bailed and they're going to the coast for the day, leaving. Oh, nice. Here. So that, that's why there's doors. They left you here to podcast with me, man. Oh, that sucks. They did. My daughter, my daughter, who's running late, is always banging up and down the stairs. Um, yeah, look, I agree on Booker. I think he's going to have a really good year. And a little bit like the Celtics, uh, the the Suns' window is now. They need to win now with with Durant because in three, four years, he's not going to be the, the player he is now. So so they need Booker to stand up. And, and, and I mean, I know Durant's there, but this is Booker's team. Like, he he runs the team. Um, he's the yardstick or the measuring stick. So, I yeah, I, I think you could certainly make a case for putting him here. I think once you get outside that second round, there's a bunch of guys you can sort of shuffle them around depending on what you think they're going to do and, and just personal preference. So... Um, yeah, I've got him at 21, but I'm certainly not against him being this high. Um, and and as you said, if he can get his steals up to sort of 1.2, 1.3, assists up a little bit, six and a half, he's still going to score. He's efficient. He's good from the free throw line. He hits threes. Um, then yeah, I think it's not it's not out of the que- out of the realms of um, uh, possibility that he could be a first round player. Uh, he could yeah. certainly end like finished 10th, 11th, something like that. Um, Jordan Poole, you've got uh, at 52. He's a guy that's getting a bit of traction for for good reason uh, as a top 60, top 50 guy this season, a breakout candidate. He's, I think he's the favourite to win most improved. I know we're very early, but he's he's right up there. Um, Washington, he's going to basically have free reign there to do whatever he wants. Uh, What are you expecting from him this season? Yeah, as a starter, man, I just think we saw so much growth and opportunity for him and and really seeing what he could do from a fantasy perspective over the course of his career. You know, we're talking over, you know, 115 game sample size was pretty significant. This guy's averaged over 21 points, four assists, three rebounds, um, shoots 43 percent. You know, I, I think that the he probably is going to look more or less like a Fred Van Vliet type. You know, he's going to be chucking a lot, probably not going to hurt your field goal percentage, but I do think that there's going to be an opportunity now that Kyle Kuzma's returned for him to, uh, to increase those assists to at least five per game. Um, so if you're looking at a, a, a guy that could potentially score 24 to 25 points per game with five assists, um, that's, that's going to be a top 50 player or right around that area. And um, as you said, he's got the keys to the offense right now. Um, there's not a lot of talent there. Monty Mars is gone. I don't know what the Washington Wizards are going to do with DeLon Wright. Um, Tyus Jones did come in, but there's rumors that he could be coming off the bench. Either way, even if he was starting, I would still have uh, Jordan Poole this high just because he's going to be the – he's going to have the most volume in terms of scoring and – you know, I think that there is going to be an opportunity for him to increase those assists. He's going to get you at least a steal per game. He's going to give you the threes. I just think that there's a lot of cross-categorial value in Jordan Poole this season. And um, I'm curious to see where he's going to go in terms of ADP. Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's, you know, you're probably going to have to – I don't think you'll have to be overly aggressive to get Jordan Poole, but he could end up being one of the better guards in fantasy this year. 
Yeah, I think a lot of it, for me, it comes down to his his efficiency. That'll swing his value. So if he's yeah. shooting sort of 40, 41% scoring, but shooting really low, it drops him down. But if he can get to 45% or something like that, then it bumps him up because he's going to get assists, he's going to get points, he's going to get threes. Um, some defense would be nice. We're not expecting a lot, but <laughs> but a steal a game, maybe he can he can nudge a steal a game. Um, a guy you've got next who profiles somewhat similar, I guess, to Jordan Poole is Jalen Green at 73, which is probably a lot higher than I've got him. I haven't got my ranks in front of me, but he's probably the one that maybe we do differ a little bit uh, in terms of our opinion. Um, Houston have obviously loaded up their roster. They're arguably the deepest roster in the league now, I think, from a at least from a fantasy perspective. Why so high for Jalen Green? Um, so I was high on him last year. I think I had him 69th in per game value, and that was a disaster. <laughs> um, and we're actually not that far off this year. You have him at 84. Um, okay. I have him at 73. So we're not we're not terribly far off. But I I, I do think we both agree that he's going to be better this year. How much better? That's the question. And you know, even though he didn't perform that well in terms of per game value because he lacks efficiency and. Um, really doesn't give you any kind of defensive stats and, you know, pretty low rebounds and assist margin. But um, now that Ime Udoka is there, um, he's projected to be the starting uh, shooting guard. And right now, when you have Fred Van Vliet, a guy that is a leader, veteran, um, I think everything is kind of signaling that Houston's going to be much better. And when mm-hmm. I'm drafting and, and doing rankings, I want to try to target players that are in good situations that have an opportunity to expand or you know just have more freedom to operate within an offense and um we saw what Ime Odoka did for the Boston Celtics in just one season as their coach uh playing with so much talent around him and Alperen Shingun who a player that doesn't command a lot of offense but he can actually dictate and put people in other positions to be effective as Fred Van Vliet I think it's only going to work for Jalen Green's benefit and um you know he's kind of he could be their top scorer this year I could see him averaging 23 points per game. Um, and if he can increase his assist to about four and four rebounds um, with shooting 45%, and maybe he gets you a steal of her game. Um, I think he, he gets a lot of heat for his lack of defense, but I think he'll improve under a defensive minded guy like Ime Udoka, uh, you know, a, a, a guy that took the Boston Celtics from a middling, you know, defensive team to one of the best over the second half of the season that, you know, that run that they went to go to the, to the NBA finals a couple of years ago. So um, I'm definitely a, a bit optimistic here, um, but I think there's, there's going to be at some point where it's going to click for Jalen green. And I think that that's going to happen this year. Yeah. I've got his numbers up here. Um, look, I think getting to 23 points, he was at 22 last year. So I, I think that's certainly possible. Um, four assists, four rebounds are still possible. It's, it's slight increases across the board. It's going to be whether he can get that percentage back up. So he was yeah. he was almost 43% in his rookie season and dropped back to sort of 41.6, well, so 42% last year. Which, But the third year is often where a lot of these shooters progress and make that next step. So, yeah, if he can get that up to 45%, then that bumps him up probably 100 spots straight away yeah. <laughs> um, in, inside the top 100. So, uh, yeah, look... He could he could certainly do it, and and as you know, I mean, in in any fantasy league, getting a player outside the top fifty that can average over twenty points a game that that's value in itself. There, absolutely. Uh, so onto my guys that I've got 
here. Um, I mean, anyone that's been in a draft with me or listening knows I'm pretty high on Cade this year. Um, it's exciting to see what he's been doing for Team USA at their training camp. Not exciting from the point of view of, hey, I don't want the height to build too much because I, I like getting him sort of in the third round of, of drafts at the moment. But I have a feeling with the trajectory that he's on with everything and how well he's playing and all the reviews, he's probably going to get inside that second round by the time we hit draft season. I'm not sure, but I've got him at 33. Um, I, I just really like what he can do. I, I mean, do you, are you on board with this? I, where have you got him in relation to, to me? Yeah, so I had him originally in my first iteration. I had him at 55. I've now moved him up to 42. And based off what I saw in USA, I'm probably going to be moving him into like closer, like top 40, maybe. I don't know that I'll get to 33, but I think you're right. And unfortunately, it's people like you that are going to drive up the price when you rank him 33rd. Everyone's going to be like, like, wait, why is Cade this high? Um, But I think it's really about uh, the Detroit Pistons actually being more competitive this year. And um, obviously the relationship between him and Jalen Dern has been very profitable, at least in the offseason. I think that that relationship is only going to grow and mature. Um, and then they also have, you know, a sore Thompson who looks like he's going to be at least in the runnings to potentially start. Bogdanovich is still there. They have a decent starting lineup. I don't know. Their bench is probably still a little bit suspect, but they're going to be more competitive this year. And, um, you know, Kate Cunningham has a very unique skill set his size, his ability to see the floor. He, he can do everything, and he, he could get that triple-double potential, so that low-end triple-double potential. So I, I see why you haven't ranked this high. There are – I mean, he's coming off an injury, so maybe it's a mm. little bit high just off of that. But if you're basing on talent and um, the situation, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think, it again, it's going to come down to his efficiency because I think the counting stats are going to be there. He could he could easily be sort of 23 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, yeah. maybe a steal. He, he doesn't hit a huge amount of threes, but he hits enough for it to be a positive. Um, but if he, and if he can get up to 45%, 46%, then that puts him in the top 50 straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I really like – I mean, I – haven't liked a lot of what Detroit has done, but I think they're starting to now trend in the right direction and they've got a good coach finally. So someone (laughs) someone who's going to run some proper rotations. Um, Another guy that I'm really high on this season is Markel Fultz. I've got him at 67 uh, in my player ranks. And he was actually one of the guys I wanted to mention in the in the Yahoo ranks. He is currently where did I see him? 173. So disrespect. <laughs> that's so, not mine. That's not no, mine. I, I no. swear that's not mine. I have him at uh uh where do I have him? I think I have him at 80 I have him at 82. So I'm not uh, you're okay. you're higher on him than me, but I could see he's a player that I was actually expecting to make a this is going to be his year. It's a contract year like this, this is where it's going to work because his situation's also improved too. But um, tell me why you're so high. Uh, look, I just – I think just with all the – I mean, obviously we know he's the start of his career was – he was derailed basically because of the whole shoulder thing and the shooting. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people just thought he was done. He was he was never going to amount to anything. And he's, he's actually been able to reinvent himself and – 
And last season, I thought he was really good. He was 90th, I think, from memory. Uh, yeah, so he was yeah. 90th last season, uh, 14 points per game, four rebounds, almost six assists, one and a half steals, 51% from the field. So he sort of – it's really the scoring, I think, for him. If he can bump that scoring up to 16, 18, um, which he, he was able to do down the stretch last season, he was able to score a bit more. Um, he's going to get your steals. He's a really good wing defender, uh, on-ball defender. Doesn't hit a lot of threes. Um, but, well, I mean, that obviously, it's an element of his game that I don't think will ever come on. I just don't think he's built to be a three-point shooter. But it does mean that he's very good and, and has to be very good at attacking the rim. Um, hence the efficiency. For a point guard, if you're shooting close to 52%, that's elite. There's not many point guards that are that, are that elite outside of Steph Curry. Um, so I just think, as you said, contract year, um, I think the squad, the Magic have got now, this is their future. This they're, they're ready to go, okay, we're pretty much there. Maybe we need one more piece, but um, I think they're going to push for the play playoffs this season. Uh, they did draft Anthony Black, which annoyed me a little bit just because they're, they're sort of competing <laughs> a similar position. Yeah. Um, but I really like Fultz. Uh, I think I think Gary Harris is probably going to start at least to, to open the season. Uh, but I think they they would want to see Suggs and Fultz as their backcourt. Um, yeah, I, I mean, do you agree there? Disagree? What are you thinking for Fultz this season? Um, so I was trying to think of a player comp for Fultz from a fantasy perspective, and I landed on Andre Miller, um, okay. a guy that. Is going to get you assists. Like, I think his assists could be, you know, six and a half. He did average, what, 5.8 last year, something like something that? Something like that, yeah, five, yeah. 5.7, yeah. 5.7. So, you know, with Paolo and Franz Wagner, like, they have talent around them to to, to, to create and score. So I think he's going to be fine. Um, the minutes cap, he only averaged, like, a shade under 30 minutes last year. If he can get that up to, like, 33, 34 um that production is going to rise for sure um they have to figure out what they're going to do with Jalen Suggs Cole Anthony there's just a lot of guards right and then you mentioned Anthony Black so I wouldn't be surprised if they made some moves by midseason to offload maybe some of that veteran talent um Suggs was already on the rumored to be on the block already so I don't know if they're going to keep Fultz after this year but I think that this is his time to really shine and I think you're right I think the Orlando Magic are certainly going to make a push for the playoffs they were close last year them and the Pacers, I think, are those two teams in the Eastern Conference that are going to make that that next leap and probably overtake some of those, you know, Raptors and um, trying to think of some low end teams that made the playoffs last year. Um, we'll, we'll start with them, but um, yeah. either way, I feel good about Orlando's prospects going into the season and Marco Fultz, especially because, as you said, the value that you're getting him late in the draft to be able to get someone that can shoot fifty percent from the field give you almost one and a half steals or about one and a half steals. Um, no threes, but the assists are huge. You know, I think he's going to average over six assists. So um, with such a young team and him trying to prove himself in the contract year, I think this is, this is going to be the best version of Mark L. Fultz that we've seen yet. So, you know, I think you're, you're ranking him aggressively like Cade Cunningham. And I hope more people don't see that because uh, there could be some value on Fultz come draft day. Yeah, and I just while I was looking at his numbers there, and, and and you mentioned player comp, I actually, in a few ways, um, 
I'm having a look at Fred Van Fleet's numbers from a few years ago. So Van mm. Fleet was sort of a guy that didn't score. He's not a, a high-volume scorer, not a 25-point scorer. Um, and if we go back, for example, two seasons, three seasons, um, he averaged 17.6 points, for almost four rebounds, six and a half assists, 1.9 steals. Uh, I'm not sure Fultz can get to 1.9, but maybe 1.6, 1.7. And he doesn't hit the threes that Van Fleet hits, but Van Fleet in that season shot 41% from the field. Uh, and and Fultz could be, as we've seen, closer to 50, 51, 52. And in that season, Van Fleet was the 23rd ranked player. So it's the 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 makings are there in terms of the assists, the steals, not necessarily having to score 25 points a game because um, he does enough other stuff. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I hope I'm right, but... Um, yeah, the Magic, they do have some depth in that backcourt, so we'll see what they do. Cam Johnson at 68, another guy I'm really high on um, this season. He was, I mean, he was better than that last season, I think, from memory. He was 54th last season. Um, I think people just sort of sleep on him a little bit. He's he's not sort of one of these guys with the name value. He's He doesn't do any one thing really good, but he's... I think his trajectory is on the way up. He's a bit older, I think, than a lot of people think. He was he was an older rookie, I think. Um, so I think just with the way the Nets are built now, they're building around him and McCall Bridges. I think he looked really good down the stretch after he was traded to, to Brooklyn. I think he can be close to 20 points a game, um, 19 points a game. He's relatively efficient. Sneaky on the defensive end, so he, I think he averaged 1.2 steals, uh, 1.2 steals last season. Um, good from the free throw line, hits threes, decent rebounder. He's not he's not great, but he could get five rebounds a game. So I just think when you add all the little things that he does, he doesn't really hurt you anywhere. He's sort of a, a lock. If he's playing 30, 32 minutes a night, I think he's a lock to be inside the top 60. Um and he's, I'm not sure his ADP is at the moment, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on him, and I'm probably going to bump him up in my ranks. Well, join the party, man. I have him at 59, so uh, we're not we're not terribly far off again. And um, I think for much of the stuff that you said in regards to just, you know, the opportunity playing in Brooklyn, um, he proved that even with increased volume, his efficiency didn't, didn't uh, decrease that much. You know, he still shot 47% from the field as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. Um I think just being traded along with Macau Bridges, those two are just going to be a dynamic tandem where I think we could see Cam Johnson push for, I don't know that he'll get to 20, but I think he could definitely get to 18, 19 points per game. Um, and if you combine that with his efficiency that he's shown, not only from three, but then also the sneaky steals that you that you mentioned, he averaged uh, close to one and a half steals with the, with the Nets. Um, he's going to make for a really good fantasy player. And he's one of those guys that I'm imagining won't get a ton of, won't get a ton of um, of acclaim because he's not like a you know twenty five point scorer, but mm. the efficiency kind of like Trey Murphy and Macau Bridges, like that's what's going to bump him up in in, in nine cat leagues. It's really that efficiency. So um, I do like Cam Johnson a lot. Um, I could definitely see him being a top sixty player, and that's why I have him ranked as such. So last guy I've got, and I I was sort of umming and ahhing on who I'd put as my fourth guy, <laughs> and I don't. I'm not. I mean, I'm not super pumped about this, but I've got Mike Conley, so I've got him at 104th. Uh, I just think he's obviously very old um, and a little bit of an injury concern there. But 
I just think the the Wolves need to prove some people wrong this season. I think they last season they were sort of they they were roasted for the Rudy Gobert trade and how much they gave up and how bad they looked. But they were still competitive. They 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 still sort of were there come the end of the season. Um I think a healthy towns this season will make a big difference. But outside of Conley, they don't really have a point guard. So not a reliable point guard. So I think as long as they're competitive and they're pushing, which they're going to have to in the West, they're going to need to win games um, early and keep winning. Mike Conley, he's just solid. Like I think he was inside the top 100 last season, uh, 12 points, six and a half assists, a steal, um, 83% from the line. What do we got? Two three-pointers. So he's he's certainly not on an upward trajectory, but I just think grabbing a, a point guard, if you miss out on a, a sort of an elite point guard early in drafts and you need some assists and steals towards the back end, uh, we know he can be at closer to 1.2 steals. Um, the assists are going to be there. So I don't know. I just think he's a nice guy to target in sort of the – what are we in there, the ninth round, 10th round? And chances are he's going to fall beyond this because people are just going to go, oh, Mike Conley, he's, however old he is, he's going to get injured. But at that point, if you can get a guy uh, like this, I wouldn't mind it at all. Yeah, I um, I have him at 118. So, you know, I'm not expecting a huge splash from from Mike Conley in no. this, this season. But I think you're right in terms of Minnesota needing to make up for their terrible trade for Rudy Gobert. Um, they were better when Mike Conley uh, became got inserted into that starting lineup. You know, the the whole thing with D'Lo was, you know, so many – there's only one ball and so many mouths to feed and egos. And I think once you get a veteran like Mike Conley into that system who can kind of facilitate the offense, get Anthony Edwards involved, get him going downhill, also get Carl Anthony Towns, who wasn't on the floor much because he was injured for much of the season, uh, getting him into, a, into his spots as well as – you know, still giving Rudy Gobert his touches, even though he shouldn't ever really get that many touches, especially outside of the painted area. Like, just let be a rebounder and, and defend and protect the the rim. But um, for where you're getting him, it's a pretty low risk situation, right? Like, yeah. I'm not too concerned about his health. Um, I feel like some veteran players just kind of get that IQ about certain plays that they need to make and not over stressing and impressing certain situations. Um, He's been a top 100 player for the last three seasons. So um, where you have him ranked, I think, is appropriate. Um, I don't think we're going to get a huge leap out of him, but I think you can at least depend on a guy that can give you five, six assists, 12 points, a couple threes, maybe a steal, probably a steal per game um, on a team that's probably going to be a playoff contending team. So as long as he's getting minutes, I'm cool with getting Mike Conley as a late backup depth for the guard position or if you decide to focus on other areas maybe he becomes your starting point guard probably wouldn't recommend that but you know i could see it being an option just because at least he gives you six assists a game yeah much the same i'm not expecting him to break out or anything like that but um if you can get and we've seen this over the last few years grabbing those guys who are on those teams that are going to be anywhere from sort of sixth through to twelfth they're the guys in week, whatever, 25 of the season, of the fantasy season, they're going to be on the court because these teams are going to be jockeying for position. Um, he's played uh, He played 67 games last year, 72 games the year before. 
uh, and based on league average or that sort of thing, upwards of 65 games is is about right. Um, yeah. I think league average is sort of mid to high 60s. So that's that's fine. Um, yeah, no, I like him as a, as a late uh, late guy there. Now, this is um, our ADP. Yep, you go. I was going to say real, real quick uh, before we jump to the early ADP. I, I did notice one player that, that kind of piqued my interest in your rankings that you have pretty low. Um, if you wouldn't mind me asking, why do you have Chris Paul at 94? Uh, it's probably going to change, but I I don't know. I, I'm just not sure how the Warriors are going to use him. Um, I think I, I would have him in that range similar to Conley. I mean, he's probably going to get more assists. He's probably going to be maybe eight assists a game, probably 1.2 steals. So I think he's assists and steals, but I don't think he's going to score a lot, um, which he didn't last year. I don't even know where he finished last year. Yeah, he was like 14 um, 14 uh, points per game. But I guess the reason I ask is because I think – I don't remember, and I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know how many people have talked about how great Chris Paul has been for his entire career as a fantasy player. Do you know the lowest he's ever finished in fantasy? Uh, I don't, but I know he's very good. Because why was I looking at his numbers? He had multi. He had a <laughs> he had a few top one seasons, like where he finished first. Um, and I think uh, I was looking. I think I was looking at it because we were talking about. I think we were looking at Wembenyama, and then we were having a look at because people are obviously talking about where are we going to rank Wembenyama? Where's he going to finish? Sure. Uh, as a rookie, and, and so I think I went back and had a look at who were the best performing rookies in sort of the last 20, 30 years. And Chris Paul, I think, yeah, was, he was maybe seven, the top. Yeah. yeah, he was the top one. I think it was him, Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? So last year is the lowest. Yeah, 33, 33 was the lowest of his career. And he had an 11 year run of being a top 10 player. That's, yeah. I mean, He's going to be up there. Like I don't, I don't know when we do the fantasy basketball Hall of Fame, but uh, he's going to be up there. Like first ballot, no, no, no problem. Um, yeah. So I have, so I have him ranked. I think at like sixty-seven or something like that. Okay. So like I have to discount him for sure for coming off the bench or whatever his role is going to be. And his points have gone down each of the last like uh, what four seasons, five seasons ish. Yeah. So and then you know eight assists. That that's probably a given. And as you said, one steal, but just the efficiency for him. I'm like, I can't put him like anywhere outside of 80 just because off of the, the, the history, like he's just always a good fantasy player. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Scott thought it was kind of funny, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you'll probably move him down a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think I'll probably, I mean, I haven't been going back through my ranks for a little bit, but I'm probably going to, I think if I go through there and have a look at who's who I've got in that range, I probably move him up into the eighties. Okay. Uh, at least um, I'm just having a look at what his ADP is uh, at the moment. Where is he? Uh, so his ADP at the moment. So uh, his ADP is 89 uh, it, based on all the leagues we've done. I think we've done about 35 or 40 leagues. So we've got a relatively good sample size. Sure. But in terms of players that have gone up and down in the past month, he's actually his ADP has actually dropped ten spots in the last month. So um, that's that's interesting. Uh, I think it might start to go the other way. I think people are just uncertain of how they're going to use him in Golden yeah. State. That's yeah, that's I think that's, concern, that, that's definitely. But, um, I think if we get 
sort of word that, okay, he's going to play 28 minutes off the bench. He's probably going to close games. Um, then, yeah, I think his ADP will come up quite quickly. Uh, so this is just a few names that I pulled out of our ADP data. Um, maybe too high, maybe not high enough. Fred Van Fleet at 29 for me is way too low. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, I mean, he's he's better than this. He was, where, he was 18th last season, and I think you have to run with the, the thought process that he's going to be better in Houston. He's He's going to be the guy running the point. Um, do you think this is too low or is this where sort of where you've got him? This is too low. Um, I was trying to pull up my rankings real quick. I have Van Vliet. I want to say I had him in the top 20. Let me see. Van Vliet. Where are you at, buddy? Oh, yeah. I'm 17. So, yeah. I think that that's way too low. Um, and for much of the reason that you just said, it's, you know, I think this is the first time he's going to be in a situation where another player isn't going to be the either taken away from his usage as a primary ball handler. And he's also going to have like, he's the elder statesman on this team now. So like, I thought this is actually going to be his moment to like prove like, yeah, not only am I worth the money, but we're also going to win. Um, there's 20 and 10 potential here, in my opinion, mm. uh, with the amount of talent that they have. And I wouldn't, I, he's, he has to be a top 20 player. Um, so this is, if that's, if that holds, that's going to be a valuable pick uh, for a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it will. I think he'll. I think he'll slowly make his way up closer to at least the turn, like 23, 24, mm. But but maybe inside that top twenty. Kawhi Leonard's at thirty eight. I know why, and and we we know why. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's followed him uh, across the last four or five years knows why. Is this for you? Is this too low? Like, are you are you of the belief that maybe he can have a a relatively healthy season and and blow through this number or, or is he just too injury prone for you to bother? I'm going to avoid him. Uh, I think it's, if you get him, congratulations, you're going to have a top, you know, 15 player when he plays, but when he doesn't, I, I just don't know that I want to pay for that headache when you could get somebody else that can play 70 games. That's going to be much more uh, reliable over the course of a season, but the talent undeniable. Like I, I think 38 is probably, where he needs to be going um, talent wise, he should be way higher. And I think I ranked him higher, but I, I'm probably going to move him back just because I don't, I don't know what to really expect out of Los Angeles right now between him and Paul George. Um, mm-hmm. They're just not, they're just not dependable. And I think that you have to rank him as such. And and I wouldn't, it's just so hard in a load management era to like trust somebody like that. So yeah, I would just avoid yeah. him all, with all costs. Yeah, I've got him at 17 in my ranks, but that's sort of more of a per game. Okay, I think he's going to Same. be a top top sort of 20, top 15 per game guy. But yep, I got him at 20. Yep. That's not to say that I would draft him there. Um, I certainly wouldn't draft him in the second round. No. Maybe. So maybe this is about right. Like maybe 30, like back end of the third round, early fourth round, because you're on the turn there. Feels about right. Um, and if he, I mean, as you said, he, he could come out and play 65 games and be a, a first-round player. I mean, he, right. we saw how good he was down the stretch last year. He was a first-round player for, for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, next one here is a guy that's been, I don't know, he's one of the more talked-about fantasy real-life players um, for a number of reasons. Alperin Shingun at 49. Uh, I have him probably around that range. I think I've got him around 50 somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
I got him at 57. Um, I think I think this feels okay. Are you sort of on the all aboard the Shangoon train, or are you no? He's being he's going too high for me. So I drafted him in the first mock, I believe, in the first mock that we did. I believe I got him in the fifth round. I felt I felt good about that. I have him ranked at 61. So I feel like 49 is a little early, but it's pretty close. Like I'd say that that's probably pretty accurate. I could see someone that's reading Houston Rockets Twitter like, oh, yeah, I'm all in on Shingoon this year. I was in on him last year. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just have a thing for Houston Rockets, but um, I think he's going to be really good this year. And um, I think that's an appropriate price. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he's looked good um, a little bit like Luca playing over in Eurobasket. He's looked good. There was a vision of him warming up with a cape on, which <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with fantasy, but that's pretty but cool. cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but he, again, he flashed that sort of Jokic esque upside um, being able to pass. He, he's a guy that he's not a great defender, but I think with a better team around him, with Dylan Brooks, as much as I don't like Dylan Brooks as a fantasy player, he is a good defender. Yeah. So with him there, with Van Fleet, who's also a very good defender, I think Shingun's uh, liability on that end will be masked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think last season he was close to a block and a steal per game. So despite not being a great defensive player, he, he'll get you some defensive numbers. So... Uh, I'm still pretty high on him this season, and this feels about right, around 50 in that range. Um, next guy, Dan Gafford at 95. I know there's a few analysts who are very high on Gafford for this season. Uh, I think a couple of them have even said that he'll finish higher than, was it Shingoon or were they talking about someone else? I can't remember exactly. It was in one of the Hot Take articles. That sounds um, like a backhand shoe. Yeah, it might have been. Uh, I'd have to go back and have a look. But I know a few people are high on him. Um, how high are you on him for this season? Mm, I actually have him ranked at 95th, so I'm not, like, super okay. high on him. I think the key to him being that valuable is him getting consistent minutes. He's not old. He's, like, what, 25 years old? He's super young. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's had a couple of destination changes. Now that Chris Porzingis is gone, he doesn't really have that much competition in the front court. I guess my question would be, how is, Was- how is Washington going to deploy him? Are they going to run, uh, you know, a smaller lineup with, you know, Denny Avida playing some four and five, and then also you got Kuzma there. Um, he's a rim protector. He's never going to get a lot of shots off. So I think he can, he'd be good for 10 rebounds and maybe two blocks a game in a, if he gets 30 minutes. But I just don't know what else I'm going to get from him other than the field goal percentage the blocks and the rebounds. So to me, he's back end depth from a center position. I'm not going to reach for him. I'm not expecting this, you know, double, double, you know, savant here. Um, I think Daniel Gafford is pretty much who he is. And, you know, 95th is still good. He'll be a top 100 player, but I still know that I'm going to, I definitely don't know that I can get to him being better than Shingun. Yeah. I think it's minutes. um, As we saw, he was 140th last year in 20 minutes a game. So, I mean, if he gets to 30 minutes, which I guess he could, um, yeah. then, then yeah, maybe he's up at sort of, well, I'm just adding another 50% sort of to his numbers here, but you're looking at sort of 14 points a game, nine rebounds, uh, 1.8 blocks, 1.9 blocks. Uh, he's efficient. Doesn't kill you from the free throw line either. He's not He's not terrible. He, he, he could probably get to 70% from the line. So, 
doesn't hit any threes, doesn't really get any assists. But um, just those block numbers alone, if you can get anyone that's getting close to two blocks a game, they're going to be right. top 80, top 90. Um, right. We know we know that's the case. Uh, next guy sort of fits this this bill as well to some degree, Zach Collins. Uh, I think like he's falling. He's in the he's way down in the in the X ranks uh, for Yahoo at the moment. Um, I can't remember what I said. He's at 190 or 200 or something, and, and he'll come up. But yeah. the I mean the whole Wembenyama thing is obviously the big focus in San Antonio, and so I think people are forgetting about how good Zach Collins was to close last season. I think he starts uh, at, at center for the Spurs. Do you think he starts? I do think he's going to start. Um, I'm not terribly off from you. I have him at 130, 131, I think. Um, it's just, I don't, I'm wondering how pop is going to deploy their, their lineup as well. You know, you still got, um, you still got Jeremy Sohan there. Um, uh, Zohan, um, Keldon Johnson's there. Keldon Johnson's still there. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably going to be some musical chairs in terms of their their depth chart and you know who they're deploying as starters. They're not going to be in a win now mode, so I could definitely see some random missed games. Um, but I think he's going to be a pretty solid player, and especially if he's starting, that's another guy. Like, hmm, I don't know if I would take him over Gafford. I don't know. Zach Collins gets sneaky assists, man. He's kind of like Yaka Pertle, but like a little hmm. bit more dynamic. So. Yeah, I, I think that his just I think the ADP is justified. Um, and I think there's actually room for him to be better than that. So like he would be a, a guy that I wouldn't be afraid as like a backup center. I think he'd actually be pretty valuable, especially for those assists. Yeah, I think I'm just going through his game log here because he's he's sneaky in three pointers as well, which is a difference. That's a point of difference from Pirtle or Gafford or these guys sure. that, that he can hit threes. Um and obviously down the stretch, the Spurs were running some pretty wacky rotations last season. They were resting guys. Even if you look at Colin's game log, he was in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. Yep. And, and so um, it, it's hard to know exactly who he was sharing the court with. And, and obviously he wasn't sharing the court with Wembenyama. So that's going to make a difference. But he had like a few games where he had, he's got a 21 and 10 with four assists, uh, 21 and seven with four assists, two threes. 24 and eight with four assists and four threes. So huge for a center. Yeah. That's so there's, really nice. there is sneaky upside there. Um, in, as you said, those, those categories you usually wouldn't find with a center, like three pointers and assists. So I don't know. I, I don't think he's got a path to minutes like Zach, uh, like Dan Gafford, but I'd certainly, I think I'd consider him over Dan Gafford. Unless you, unless it's just blocks, if it's purely blocks that right. you need, go with Gafford. But, it, but that said, I mean Collins, Collins had uh, three blocks, two blocks, two blocks, one block, three block, two blocks. So he he can block shots. He can do it. He can do it. Um, yeah. So he's an interesting one for this season. It, it will be. Um, yeah, we'll see where he lands come October. The next guy, uh, a guy that I'm probably. <laughs> going to fall for again this season for some reason. But at this range, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Ben Simmons at 133. We see all the videos. We we hear all the talk. He's healthy. He's, um, Josh Lloyd uh, covered the Nets on his show earlier in the week. And it does sound as though they want Simmons starting um, at point guard. So, which I, I wouldn't, I would have thought they'd be starting Dinwiddie uh, at point guard, but 
word is that Simmons is is sort of that's that's who they're looking at as their starting point guard to open the season, assuming he's he's good to go. If he's starting, um, is he someone you're interested in at all? No. Okay. <laughs> I thought about it for a minute. I was like, well, I I do see the appeal of Ben Simmons. Like he's a he's essentially Draymond Green at this point, right? But like better when yep. he's healthy. Yeah. So there's definitely some fantasy appeal there. Like I like the assists, I like the rebounds, I love the defensive stats. You're not gonna get much from the free throw line. Free field goal percentage is solid, but you're not getting anything from threes. Um if he falls to the depths of a draft, sure, I'll take a flyer on him. But at 133, like I don't know that that ADP seems a little bit early for me, considering the risk that you're having to to account for. And and I similar to Kawhi, like I just don't want the headache. I drafted him last year in a competitive league, and I immediately regretted it as my team. Uh, I tried to build this uh, this like it was almost like a like a front, like a huge, like twin tower front court type of beast center squad, right? I targeted all guys that were high field goal percentage, low three pointers, but like does a little bit of everything and it, it just completely tanks. So yeah, I'm going the complete opposite direction of that. And I feel like Simmons is a guy that I, if you need some assists late, sure. He'll be solid and some, and some steals, but outside of that, like I'm not really interested in them. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm okay to take him with a, I mean, yeah, he hurts your free, your free throws, obviously. He doesn't hit threes, but I'm okay to take him at the end. Um, just looking back at his numbers here from sort of when he was in Philly, when he was playing well, and he was up at sort of 16, 16 8, and 8 with two yeah, steals. That's, like, that's it's phenomenal. That's, yeah, um, that's amazing. If you can get that and he winds up playing 60-plus games, whew, that's, a, yeah. that's a sleeper value of the year right there. Yeah, and, and he did finish. Look, he, per game last season, he finished 137th, despite how bad he was. Um, it, it's really the health. It's the back thing. It's it's the knees. It's it's everything. So mentals. Yeah, yeah, yeah the the mental stuff. Um, I'm hoping that. <clears throat> I think. I mean, he's had a lot of pressure on him for for years now to produce. He was the he was the number one pick. He was he was sort of the guy in Philly, and then there was all the the all the drama about him leaving. I'm hoping this season now he's had this really bad year last year. He was terrible. He's sort of an afterthought now. So that may mean that a lot of that pressure is now gone. It's more let's look at his upside and not what he's not doing. So I don't know. I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but uh, sort of need to see it to believe it. Uh, last guy I've put here is Quinton Grimes. Um, who's going at 162. I think he might be in for a really nice season. I think we saw some flashes last year. They have added Dante DiVincenzo, um, lost Obi Toppin. Uh, I think Grimes probably starts. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure. Doc and I went through our Eastern Conference starting lineups earlier in the week, and I think I had, uh, I think I had Brunson, Grimes, I had Josh Hart starting, but I've started to rethink that. I, I think they might bring him off the bench and start RJ Barrett. I'm not, I'm not sold on that. But what are your thoughts on Grimes? Do you think he starts? Um, do you think he can be fantasy relevant this season? Defensively, I think he it makes sense for him to start at the two. Um, I would be concerned about his minutes. I, I love the talent, and 
I just think that the Knicks did a couple of corresponding moves that might impact him, signing Dante DiVincenzo, re-signing Josh Hart for a lucrative deal. Um, Emmanuel quickly is going to get minutes. He must get minutes. Um, back end depth. I have him. Uh, honestly, he's not even in my ranks because I think that there was some kind of issue on the back end. So, but I, I think I, I'm going to probably have him better than 162, maybe 150. But I don't. I'm not expecting a huge leap, only because there's going to be a lot of competition for minutes on that wing. Um, and frankly, he doesn't do much besides the threes, the steals, and some scoring. Um, so I would have to see some more out of training camp, or maybe there's going to be some Tibbs. Um, some Tibbs hype about, you know, how great he's been in the off season and how much minutes he wants to play him. Tibbs does play his starters a lot of minutes, but it's hard for me to, to trust with so much usage going to other people um, in the pecking order. So I love Grimes as the talent, but yeah, I think there might just be a little bit too many mouths to feed right now. Yeah. I think a little bit of uncertainty at the moment. Um, and it, yeah, it comes down to minutes. I think that the talent's there, um, but look, if, for me, I think he's a really, really good last round guy. If he's sitting there last round, he's then I think you have to grab him um, just for the upside. Uh, he was a hundred. He was hundred and fifty, like top one hundred and fifty player last season. So I think we sort of consider that his floor. I think he can only go up from there. I'm not sure how much, but uh, yeah. Look, if he's sitting there, grab him, and he he could be a top one hundred player if if they do decide to sort of just. Not handing the keys. That's not going to happen with with Brunson and Randall there. But um, the defensive, he, he's arguably their best defender, probably him and uh, and uh, Josh Hart. So that uh, that brings us to the end of my list of guys. Oh, look, we're too big there. Let's not go that big. <laughs> um, that was fun. I mean, there's not much content at the moment, so I think it's just good to chat. Uh, you said fantasy football is sort of big at the moment over there, so it's it's good, good that you were able to come on and talk some fantasy basketball. Um, let people know what you're doing, obviously, over at Yahoo, and then you do the, the show for Roto World as well. What's coming up in the next sort of next month, two months? Yeah, definitely be on the lookout for some mock drafts. Um, now that the mock drafts are open in Yahoo, um, I'll be doing a bunch of them. Uh, King, definitely want you in, in some mock drafts with me um, so we can try to drive up the ADPs on, on people like Kate Cunningham. Um, and then also um, definitely going to be doing some more articles as we get closer to the season starts, uh, you know, analyzing each division, uh, some of my sleepers, my, my breakout players, stuff like that. So uh, continue to tap in with me at, at Dan Titus, and you can find my work at Yahoo. Um, also doing some podcasting with Roto World. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, the season's coming up. So um, a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about and um, always excited to do this with you. Um, nice break on a Friday. Wish you were at the beach, but, you know, um <laughs> i don't i don't <laughs> i wish i was be, that'd be really nice but yeah, uh appreciate I'm, you having me on beach, i'm not a beach fan so I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be sitting here in my house uh no so i appreciate you jumping on uh that yeah. will do it for today's show remember you can check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com still rolling out draft only leagues um and some dynasty leagues as well uh you can follow us on spotify google podcasts and Apple Podcasts, uh, head over to YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe. Uh, we're, so we're slowly building our numbers, so it's good. Um, it's obviously a pretty dead time at the moment, but um, for those that are listening and tuning in, we do appreciate it. Until next time, catch up.
You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.